was the last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart? If you're like me, it's been quite some time. Hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz and I welcome you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and my friends from around the world to join us live. Put on a comfortable pair of pajamas, pull up a chair, and settle in with your favorite refreshments. And prepare to be blessed as I welcome tonight's guest. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome. This is an episode of Mommy Jammies Night, and this is an event that we hold um, one time a month on an evening, and uh, it is currently 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And um, it is a time of fellowship for moms from all over. And I just love sometimes um, to look at uh, the stats. I don't always remember to do that. Um, and, you know, this is an, uh, really a ministry uh, that I just love doing. And so, you know, I like to look a lot of times and see, and we really do have people from all over the world um, that listen in. So, Welcome to everybody, no matter where you are. And tonight I have a very special guest on the line who also is a very dear friend of mine, and that is Meredith Curtis. Welcome, Meredith. Felice, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to share about forgiveness tonight. And I hope that as you listen, you will find um, the Lord beginning a healing in your heart. Oh, amen to that. And Meredith hosts a show on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Um, Tell us a little bit about that show, Meredith. Um, We, Laura and I, um, and with a number of um, the young adults and teens in our family and in our church, um, we host a show called Finishable Radio, and it is geared toward um, homeschooled teenagers. And we have topics on you know, uh, growing in Christ, topics on getting scored on, um, topics on um, all kinds of stuff, and we really have fun. And it's really, really good. And um, when I was praying about the network, I asked Meredith if if she would do something, and I was really delighted that um, she geared it for teens because it is it is really good. It's it's not very often that you can find a homeschool production that is geared for homeschool kids. So um, that is Christ-focused, and, and it really is. They laugh and they have a good time, but it really is Christ-focused. And and Laura, who um, Meredith um, just mentioned, Nora, Laura Nolet, um, is a good friend of Meredith and, and uh, attends a church where Meredith's husband is a pastor. So, Meredith, um, are you going to tell us a little bit about yourself as you're doing your session, or would you, we'll talk about that now? Um, I'll just introduce myself as I start the session, yes. Okay. And then for those of you who um, are joining us live, uh, we will be posting um, some party favors that we have as well as uh, some other things. So uh, joining us live has its perks, and one of the other perks is that at the end of the session, um, you can submit a question. There is a box right there on the website where you can, um, or you can listen in, but we don't open up the lines. Um, so if you do want to ask a question, please submit it uh, in writing, and then I will ask Meredith at the end. And then you can find out more about Meredith Curtis at MeredithCurtis.com as well as joyfulandsuccessfulhomeschooling.com 
And then on the Finish Well conference that I've attended, um, we, we couldn't remember at the beginning of the session. Uh, we chit-chat a little bit before I clicked the record button, but uh, Laura posted in the chat box that it has been five years since Finish Well um, has been going on, and, and it is an amazing session. It's in Orlando, so um, it happens one time a year, and it's really geared for um, you know, middle school, high schoolers, and I think you've extended it, Meredith, um, as well, with lots of topics for really moms of all ages uh, of children. And it's uh, Finish Well, C-O-N, con, finishwellcon.com. Uh, so, you proud of me? I've memorized all your websites. <laughs> you have. I am so impressed. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we do, Meredith and I do a uh, once a month uh, lunch with Meredith and Felice. So, the first um, Monday of every month at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com, Meredith and I do a show together. And so, I think I've had a little bit of practice there. Well, Meredith, I'm going to sit back, and um, I am so excited to get to hear this session again because I know uh, the Lord is going to convict my heart and open, um, you know, my heart to grow closer to him and to learn more. So thanks so much, and I'll be back at the end uh, to take some questions. Awesome. Much, Felice. I'm so glad to be here, and um, as a pastor's wife, as um, I get to... Um, talk to so many women who are hurting and um, who have been wounded. Um, I know in my own life I've been on the giving of offense and the receiving of offense so many times and um, just have experienced, you know, forgiveness from people, have given forgiveness to people and have really um, discovered how hard it can be. I came... I became a Christian when I was 16. I was in a car accident. Um, my friend lost her life. She was in the front seat with me. It was a traumatic, traumatic thing for me, for her family, for our family. Her family were Christians. They extended love and forgiveness to me. And it was in intensive care in a hospital that I gave my heart to Jesus. Um, and with finding out the news that I would never walk again or be able to have children. And, of course, we all know that nothing is impossible with God. And my precious, precious Jesus healed me and um, so that I was in a wheelchair for a few months and then soon I was able to walk again. Um, and when it came time to have children, um, the Lord healed me again and I was able to have five babies, all natural. So I just testify to the goodness of God because he is the reason that um, I'm alive and the reason that I'm alive spiritually, and I am so grateful to him. One of the most precious things that um, I, I owned or own is a little teddy bear that was given to me by the sister of the girl who died in the car with me. And um, all these years later, she actually hunted me down five years ago um, uh, as a friend on Facebook, and we're friends on Facebook, and um, really just a living testimony to forgiveness and how much forgiveness changes everything. 
um, we face choices all the time. And I know for me, even though I received so much forgiveness for the, from the Lord, um, because even though I had been a faithful church attender, my life was not lived for Christ. And um, and I received so much forgiveness from him and then forgiveness from this family. I still, I'm going to, I'm embarrassed to tell you that as a young woman in my late teens and early 20s, I really struggled with forgiveness. And I seem to be able to remember, like, sentences and words and and things that people had done long after they had happened. And, um, you know, I, I built my case and I collected more offenses and, and, you know, just had this little, like, court case against people and, and all that they had done to wound me and how they had not measured up. And... Um, I knew that was wrong, and I, I would, you know, I read the book by Corey Ten Boom, and and I, I said I forgive him in Jesus' name, and you know, I just mustered up all my strength, and um, I still really struggled with bitterness. And so, if you're listening today, and forgiveness is hard for you, maybe you have been rejected by friends. Um, maybe you have been rejected by your parents, by your spouse, maybe you've gone through a divorce, maybe you've been abused emotionally or physically or even sexually, maybe you've gone through a broken engagement, disappointment in marriage, you're still married but you're so disappointed, maybe you've gone through breakup after breakup, maybe work is hard, maybe your bosses have been hard on you and and done unforgivable things. Maybe you've had employees that have embezzled money. Maybe you've had customers that have slandered you. Maybe your parents and your home life and your siblings, maybe there's just so much hurt there and so much pain. Um, Maybe it's just simple things like you've been left out by friends. People have made promises and and not kept them. We all have so many things in our life that we can look to and we feel the the pain of that and we want the pain to go away. We want the pain from that hurt to go away and we don't want to feel that desire to see that other person hurt, just like we're hurt. They hurt us and, and you know there's that little desire there where we want to hurt them back and and um, I, I just, if you're, if you're feeling like that in your heart, that, those are the feelings that I really struggled with as a young woman. And I'm not saying right now that, you know, every time that I have to forgive, it's super simple. Um, sometimes it is harder than others. But for the most part, the Lord has shown me some things that I'm going to share with you that I hope will really make a difference. Now, before we move into forgiveness, I want to tackle something, and this could be a whole talk, so I'm only going to touch on it. And um, so, But the first thing is, when you have hurt in your heart and it's hard to forgive someone, the first thing is to get your facts straight. I know many times I have nursed pain in my heart and unforgiveness in my heart for months, only to find out that I was completely mistaken about the facts of a situation. And my husband always says, when he talks to people about, you know, dealing with conflict, he always says, go inquiring. And um, 
you know. And so um, I've learned to say, like, when something happens, to go to someone and say something like this. I'm confused. Did you say, or I'm really, I'm not understanding what just happened. With, this is what I'm perceiving. Is this true, or am I misunderstanding the whole situation? And the reason I say that is because Satan is the father of disunity. He is the father of division, and he will do anything to come between, especially believers in Jesus. Um, he, he loves to destroy marriages. He loves to turn siblings into enemies. And you can believe that he will distort truth to you so that you believe a lie. So um, that that's the first thing I just want to say. Get your facts straight. Um, <laughs> if you're going to be bitter, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding there. But um, the Bible says in Proverbs that one side seems right until the other speaks. And that's really what we base our whole court system on, that, you know, the person, um, the defendant shares his side of the story, the prosecutor shares their side of the story. But, um, and so with Satan being the accuser of the brethren, he will accuse your loved ones to you all the time, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. So don't believe his lies. Don't jump to conclusions. Um, you know, be be prepared to be wrong. And, and before I move into talking about forgiveness, I want to share this one story that doesn't involve forgiveness. But um, I was a senior in high school, and I had a friend, and she was a beautiful girl. And, and she and I lived together our sophomore year, and she was just such a blessing to me. And I loved her so much, and she loved me. And we witnessed together, and we led a Bible study together. And some things happened in her life that I didn't even you know, know that much about. We still led a Bible study together our junior year, but she was more and more distant. And then our senior year, like, she was never around. I never saw her. When I tried to get in touch with her, I couldn't. And um, so there was just this division between us. And finally I thought, this is, you know, this is one of my best friends. I need to go see her. I need to find out what what's going on. And she was an, an RA that's... Um, like a resident hall assistant. And so I went across campus to see her, and I talked to her, and, um, you know, I was just, this is how I felt, okay? She's 100% at fault, and I am 0% at fault, and I have been so loving and kind, and I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to, um, I'm being so humble. I'm so proud of myself. I'm being so humble, and I'm going to get there, and she is going to say, oh, I was so wicked. I'm sorry I sinned against you, blah, 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 right? Well, when I got over there, and I, I did my whole humble act, which honestly was an act, um, she shared things with me that I had done that had really hurt her, and most of it was just not realizing that her parents went through a divorce. There was tragedy in her home that I didn't bother to find out at all what was going on. I just was off merely on my selfish little way. And I was so upset with myself for being such a poor friend. And I felt like, wow, there is nothing I can do to make this right. And I said, I am so sorry. And she said, I'm so sorry, too. I forgave her. She forgave me. But it was the end of the year. It wasn't the same. I got married. 
she, of course, came to my wedding, but she wasn't in it, which she should have been. She got married a few months later. I wasn't in her wedding, which I should have been. And um, so our relationship was healed, but it still wasn't the same. Well, this is the God we serve. I ended up um, moving to Arizona. She moved to California, but both of her husbands ended up becoming pastors, and they went to seminary at the same place. And God brought us to student housing together for one year where we were both there. We overlapped, and we had our babies, and we pushed our babies, and we took them to the playground, and we washed our laundry in the laundry room, and we went strawberry picking in Pungo, Virginia Beach, if you live in Virginia Beach, and we did all these things together, and God restored our friendship, and we were able to talk about what had happened and to really, but more than that, we were just able to enjoy a friendship again, and I never forgot that because God loves us, and he loves relationships, and they matter to him. And I think that after that happened, I always remembered that God is relational. And if we take our feeble steps forward to do the right thing, he will do incredible miracles. So with that in mind, um, I'm going to talk about um, forgiveness and how to go through forgiveness because the truth is with forgiveness sometimes you have to forgive and there is not reconciliation it, it doesn't always have a beautiful happy ending but it is important that we are free in our spirits and able to forgive but realize as you listen to this that God's overall goal always is for there to be complete reconciliation because that he's just the God who heals. Now, before I talk about how to how to forgive, I'm going to talk about some ways that we try to forgive that do not work. And so this part of the talk is how to not forgive or how not to forgive. Um, if someone has truly sinned against us, we cannot forgive in our own strength. It is a supernatural thing to forgive. Here are the ways that we try to forgive in our own strength. The first thing we do is we make excuses for the person who did something wrong to us. We say, well, they didn't really mean it, or well, you know, they just have a prophetic personality, or well, um, you know, I'm just oversensitive. We, we make excuses. Or the, the next thing we try to do is just stuff it way down. I don't really feel any pain. I don't really feel any pain. We just stuff it, stuff it, stuff it. The other thing we do is we try to forget about it. I just won't think about it. Oh, it's coming to my mind. I won't think about it. Um, or we vent, which is called, <laughs> venting is called gossiping. <laughs> so, you know, I call Laura and say, can you believe what someone did to me? And that's called venting. It's <laughs> it never helps us. Or we take revenge. And, of course, as Christian women, we never take revenge in an outward way. We always do it in a really godly way. Like maybe we share a prayer request in our prayer group or maybe we just get a subtle little dig in in a conversation or maybe we forget 
to invite them to something we're doing, but we, we just take a little bit of revenge. Um, and finally, another thing that we do is we just pull away from them. We think, you know what, I'm, just, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm just going to pull away and I'm going to find other friends. So what happens to these ways we try to deal with the situation is that we end up sick inside, we're filled with bitterness, we're filled with self-pity, we're filled with anger, we have broken relationships, we have physical pain, and we have emotional pain. And so then we're in that state. And this can be, um, I talked to, um, you know, someone about a year ago who um, was struggling to forgive her parents. And um, her parents had just done some things that had really hurt. And yet the Bible says to honor your father and mother. So she was really struggling. Well, how do I do this? And I shared some of these steps with her, and I believe it really helped her um, to go on and forgive her parents and and honor them in a way that um, would be safe. And so um, so is there hope? Is there a right way to forgive? And the answer is, of course, yes. Um, So um, forgiveness starts with receiving forgiveness. Um, we cannot give what we do not understand. And um, that is um, a big example. Now, this is, um, you know, a lot of you moms listening might be homeschool moms. And I know that um, when Kitty Beth was my oldest, and um, I remember saying to her one day, she was in seventh grade, and I said, um, Kitty Beth, um, I need you to write an essay. Uh, okay, Mom. Um, and I could tell she didn't really know what an essay was. And I had had her read all these literature books and living books that were wonderful, but I'd never had her read an essay. And um, so <laughs> I realized if I'm going to ask her to write something, I need her to be able to read it first. And we can't do things in our life that we haven't experienced. Um, and so we start by receiving forgiveness from the Lord. And um, so maybe I'm hoping that most of you listening, um, you have asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, and you have repented and cried out to him, I am so sorry, I've done this, I've done this, I've been rebellious to you, will you please forgive me, and you've experienced his forgiveness But if you haven't, I want to encourage you. Jesus Christ made you, and because he made you, you belong to him. And because you belong to him, because he made you, you will give an account for every word and every action that you have ever done. And Jesus Christ, his his standard, when you give that account, is complete perfection like himself, and we never measure up to that. But because God loves us, he wants us to be in a right relationship with him. So he sent his son, who became a man and lived a perfect life and died for our sins. And if we repent and ask Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior, to forgive us, and we surrender our life to him, he will come in, he will forgive our sins, and he will make us new. And so I encourage you, if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, to give your life to Jesus Christ and to receive his forgiveness. If you have given your life to Jesus Christ, 
I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and remember what have you done that needed forgiveness? What have you done that needed forgiveness? I know for me, you know, um, I was unkind to my sister growing up many times. I was harsh with her. Many times I was sassy to my mom. Many times um, I was full of pride and stubbornness. I was so opinionated. And I could just go on and on and on. And I would probably make you sick if I got into the real nitty-gritty of certain things I'd done. Um, But Jesus Christ has forgiven all of my sins. He's washed them all away. And then I start thinking about the last week and, you know, okay, that day I was grumpy and I snapped at someone or I did this, I did this, and yet I repented and Jesus forgave me. And he didn't say, um, well, I forgive you, but I have it written down and if it happens three more times, you're out. That's not how Jesus is. He wiped the slate clean. The Bible says that our sins are separated as far as the east is from the west. That's how far our sins are separated from us. That's in Psalm 103. And so look at Jesus and receive forgiveness. If you have never experienced the joy of forgiveness, maybe you have never repented. Because to repent is to be filled with sorrow for your sin, to be ashamed and to want to never do it again. And I always pray that God will give me godly sorrow for my sins because I can be, you know, the kind of person who makes excuses for myself. Oh, well, I was just in a bad mood or blah, blah, you know. I come up with all these different things. And I always say, Lord, please give me godly sorrow. I want to see this from your perspective. And I realize in my life that Jesus Christ has forgiven me for so many things. Um and I could sit here for a hundred days and never sleep and just talk about all the sins that Jesus has forgiven me from. I am so grateful for his forgiveness. Psalm 32 says, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. And in his spirit, there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. But I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the gift of my sins. And you forgave the guilt of my sins. So that that is just a little picture. When I when I, I lead worship, you know, and when um when I just start thinking about all the things Jesus has forgiven me for, it is really hard to stand still. And I start bouncing up and down and I wanna jump and then I think, Oh my goodness, I'm gonna be too out of breath to sing the next song, but I don't care because I'm so happy that Jesus forgave me. And so that is where forgiveness starts, is you need to experience what it is to have a clean slate with Jesus. If you don't have, if you haven't experienced the joy of being forgiven, then 
I'm going to ask you right now to make that your goal for the next month, that you press into Jesus, that you lean into him and tell him, I want to experience the joy of forgiven, being forgiven. And, um, and I'm going to move in now. And I told you that when I was a young woman, I struggled a lot with forgiving people. And I remember one pastor's wife, and she was so sweet to me, and she said, she said, Mary, it's just as if all this unforgiveness is like little boats. You need to let Jesus come and untie the boats and let them go. So I prayed, you know, okay, Jesus, untie the boats and let them go. Ah, they're still there. You know, and I would try all these little things that people told me, and they would never help. But then one day, I was having my quiet time, and I was reading in Matthew 18, and I am going to share this passage of Scripture because this is the passage of Scripture that set me free, and I'm going to start reading in verse 21. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him um, ten thousand talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his, his land, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. So here is this man. Um, first of all, there's Peter, of course. How many times should I forgive? And we do want a number, don't we? Because then we feel justified. I know if I forgive this person 12 times, they will send 13. I mean, that's our heart, isn't it? You know, well, I've given him so many chances and this is it. And, you know, we don't want to ever say that. And But really, you know, I mean, Let's be honest. So we get we get to Jesus telling him, no, not, not seven times. You know, seven, the perfect only number. I say 70 times seven. Wow, that is way too much. So um, then Jesus said to him, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story about a, a king who had a servant. And... This servant owed him a ton of money. And he was going to have to sell the servant and his wife and children and everything he owned. And even then, the debt would probably not be paid off. But the servant said, please have mercy on me and I will repay you everything. So let's move on to the next um in the next one section. Um, and the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him his debt. So now we know that the king says, okay, I'm going to release you. You are not going to have to pay me anything. You are just free. You owe me so much money that you and your wife and children and all that you possess would have to be sold. And there would still be debt. But I am completely releasing you. So let's go on. Verse 28. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, 
have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him into prison until he should pay back what was owed. So even though the slave was released from debt, it did not make him compassionate toward the other slave. So, going on. So, when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers, until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Now, the interesting thing about this is there's a king and a servant, and there's a servant of the servant. And um, the money that the servant owed the king was a lot more than the money that the, the other servant owed his fellow servant. Um, and what stood out to me in this parable was the word debt. And this word debt brought me into a place of freedom where I could learn to forgive other people. So, how did that do that for me? Well, because I had never understood that, see, in the Bible it says that if you steal, if someone steals from me, they owe me three times what they stole. They don't just have to give back what they stole, but they have to give back more than they stole. So, sin is like that. When we sin against someone, we're supposed to make restitution. So if I steal money from, you know, my sister, I have to pay her back. But what if I slander her? I still owe her that restitution. I need to make her name right again. So I realized that when you sin against someone, you're in debt to them. You owe them something. So I I just think the word debt clicked in my mind and I saw sin in a really different way so now how would I apply that to forgiving the first thing I ask myself is did this person really sin against me or is the devil lying to me or am I misunderstanding a situation I get that straight first but if the person has really sinned against me then I realize that person now is a debt to me. It might be an apology. It might be paying back money. It might be giving me back an hour of my time. It might be cleaning up the mess they made. It could be any number of things, but there's some kind of debt that's owed to me. And I don't anymore make excuses for people when they sin against me or try to figure out why they do it. I just say, okay, they did this, they owe me this, but I don't stop there. Then, with grace from Jesus, I cancel their debt to me. So, something happens, 
I don't say, oh, I, you know, it's okay. I'm just going to forget it. I just say, okay, this person sinned against me. This is what they owe me, and I'm going to cancel their debt. Um, and then that has given me so much freedom because I'm dealing with forgiving people when they sin against me. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it and call it something that it's not. I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm not trying to muster up good feelings. I just acknowledge, okay, this was wrong. They owe me this, and now I'm canceling their debt. They're, they're, they don't owe me anything. I'm setting them free. I'm canceling the debt. I cannot tell you how much freedom that has brought into my life because I have been in a situation as a pastor's wife to have the opportunity to forgive a lot. Um, I know sometimes we have had people, um, you know, slander my husband and I, and um, I always laugh because there's so much true stuff people could say about us that's bad. You know, I always laugh when they make up stuff. Um, But people have, and I just realized, okay, they owe me an apology. They owe me going back to all of these people and telling them the truth. But you know what? I cancel their debt. They owe me nothing. And by that act of just acknowledging they've sinned against me, but I cancel their debt. Um, Maybe someone has come to my house and they have broken my brand new crock pot. And um, I actually did this to someone once. I broke their crock pot. Um, And so they owe me a brand new crock pot. And it's very easy for me to cancel that debt because, you know, a crock pot is just a crock pot. But what if it's something like someone has caused a hurt in your heart by something they've said, by names that they've called you, or by a way that they treat you? Then what do they owe you? They owe you treating you in a different way and apologizing to all the people they've treated you badly in front of and trying to treat you really good in front of those people. But then you you realize, okay, this is what they owe me, but I am going to cancel that debt in the name of Jesus. So if you're able to look at forgiveness as canceling a debt, just like the king did for the servant, you will find yourself in a lot of freedom because you're not trying to change your feeling about what happened. You're acknowledging, wow, that was bad. In fact, it was so bad, they really should do this, but I'm canceling that debt. I'm releasing them from that. And then it enables you to understand the heart of God for you because you could have Jesus say, okay, you know, this is your last chance. But no, he cancels our debt, and in fact, he pays our debt so that we can be right with him forever. Um, So I want to encourage you to, um, I think, in forgiving people this way, it's given me a lot more insight into, um, you know, what sin is and, and how how sin is so hurtful and it affects people. And and something that's come out of this is a compassion for people who have sinned against me. And to the point where 
I, you know, sometimes I, I want to help them so they can have better relationships with people. And it seems like it's most of the time in my life I'm able to forgive very, very quickly. I just kind of walk through this process and then, I mean, I have walked through this process in situations in less than 60 seconds. I know that sounds crazy. Other times it's taken a lot longer. So, you know, don't get me wrong. They're, they're little hurts and they're big hurts. But this has been how I have walked in freedom. Um, and the Bible tells us that um, we have to forgive others. We don't have a choice, and that's kind of hard. And so all those years that it was so hard for me, I really struggled. And now um, that I have been able to walk through forgiving in this way, it's allowed me to walk in a lot of freedom in my heart and a lot of compassion and a lot of gratefulness. I think that forgiving others this way constantly reminds me how blessed I am to be forgiven. And um, I really hope that if you're listening right now and you're thinking right now of someone that has hurt you or you're thinking right now of things from your past, don't sugarcoat it and don't, you know, make excuses for the person, but just acknowledge they sinned against me and this is what they owe me and I'm going to cancel their debt in the name of Jesus. So, um, Felice, that is um, what the Lord put on my heart to share with you. And if there are any questions out there, then I would love to answer them. Yes, we do have some. Thank you so much, Meredith. And it was as powerful tonight as it as it was when I heard it, uh, you know, a few months ago. And I just wish that we were all gathered together uh, with everybody who's listening, and and um, we could break up into small groups and pray for each other. Because um, if you do have an opportunity to pray with someone about that, um, you know, please do because. It, it it really can help, and I know sometimes you need that intercessor to pray because um, the hurt could be so so much. And um, here are some questions, Meredith. And the first is, what do you do if someone close uh, refuses to forgive? Refuses to forgive you or forgive someone yeah, else? Yeah, um, I'm not you. really sure. We'll we'll just okay. do it with um, to forgive you, and then um, they can also clarify if they want to post another question because I didn't give a name. So. One of the things I've learned the hard way is you can never make anyone do anything. Um, and I think that in my life I just try to make sure that my heart is right with God and that I'm not a stumbling block to other people. And you have to, I would keep praying that the Lord would fill their heart with forgiveness. And I, you know, I would, um, but if you if you have apologized to someone and, and very sincerely not like, oh, I did this because, you know, you provoked me to it or something. But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, you've, if you've genuinely apologized and just fully taken the fault, um, then you just have to give God time. And I have no, I know in my life sometimes it's taken me a long time to forgive people and sometimes just a short time. And so um, 
I can understand when people are angry at me and it takes them a long time. And um, so I always try to ask the Lord in conflict with people to reveal things in me that need to change. And there's always so much. But um, I think that one thing that is really a blessing is um, when you're in a situation like that where you've done everything you can and someone won't forgive you, in Philippians 3 it talks about the fellowship of his sufferings. And, um, you know, I think that's a time that you can share that pain with the Lord and receive comfort from him because the Bible says he does comfort us. And um, that is very hard. And there are people who refuse to forgive. I um, I know of relationships that are permanently broken. And, um, you know, I um, it's sad. But Yeah, um, it is. And that's the thing about canceling debt, um, that just to be clear, um, you know, and maybe you can, you can, um, you know, add to this too, Meredith. Um, it's, you know, not necessarily saying that the person has not wronged you. They have, but God has to give you the grace to be able to do that. It can be head knowledge to begin with. Like, um, you know, someone hurt me really badly and I shared the whole story, um, with Meredith's group when, when we did that. And it's just too long to go into right now. But, um, you know, it, it was wrong, and it took me a long time, and I just decided I was – every time I thought about it, it made me angry. So if it's if it's making me that angry and I'm dwelling that much on it, then what happens is that sin gets transferred to me because I'm harboring all of these ill feelings, and the enemy can use that. So even though this person wronged me, and falsely accused me, um, I made a decision, and I said to the Lord, you love this person. I'm having a hard time right now. So I choose with my mind, it's not in my heart yet, to love this person as you love them, and you, whenever it's time, will change my heart. So every time I thought about the person and resented what they had done, I just prayed to forgive them. And it took seven years. You know, it wasn't an overnight thing. So it wasn't that I just said, okay, you know, um, it's not always a quick thing or an easy thing. It can be a long thing. Um, And so that just, you know, just to clarify a little bit, um, a question here, too. Did you want to add anything to that, Meredith? No, that was good. Okay. All right. Um, how do you release someone from debt? And they're talking about financial debt here. If you can't afford to pay for it, and if they don't, do we hurt our children and want them live high on the hog? And I don't think any, I don't think that's what you're saying. Mary. No, I'm not talking about financial debt here. I'm talking about debt of sin. So the the, the reason the parable is talking about financial debt, but mm-hmm. um, I would say. In many situations that um, if you're talking about our children, that to release them from a debt can sometimes bring them more harm than good because, you know, life isn't necessarily like that where you borrow money and then 
don't have to pay it back. So um, that's, I wasn't talking about financial debt. Um, and that, I mean, that is really truly a whole other topic because um, I think that the best place for us to live as Christians is to be debt-free and to not necessarily um, end up lending money to other people, but giving when we can. Um, but God sometimes puts us in a situation where we do end up, you know, needing to lend money to people. Um, so, but no, I was talking about canceling debts for people who've sinned against okay. you, but looking at it as a debt rather than, um, like, so the focus is less on the pain and the feelings and more on the practical. This is what they did. This is what they should do, and I'm canceling that debt. Okay. And then here's um, an email, and it says, if you simply cancel debt, you're not dealing with the issue at all. Do you allow the person to continue on with their misbehavior? Um, So um, it says, as a pastor's wife, you have an obligation to call people out on their sin. Yeah, I'm not talking about, when I'm talking about forgiveness, we're not talking, I mean, this is just, this isn't a personal thing of us forgiving other people. Mm-hmm. Um, when So this isn't addressing dealing with sin. Most of us who struggle with bitterness, a lot of times the things that we're bitter about go back years. You know, right. a lot of us can carry something um, for quite a long time. And so if someone did something 10 years ago, you're not going to need to confront them about that sin now because it happened 10 years ago and they're probably a completely different person. Um, but in, and I'll just mention how to deal with sin. Um, Matthew 18, earlier in the chapter that I read from, talks about if your brother sins, go to him just between the two of you and point out his fault. Um And if, you know, so when someone sins against you or is sinning, but the Bible also says love covers a multitude of sins, so it doesn't mean every time someone does something wrong, we take them aside and confront them. But um, I have found that um, when someone is doing something that is wrong, I try to go to them in a very loving way to help them to repent because when God brings discipline in our life, his desire is for them to repent. So um, if someone is doing something to me, yes, I need to forgive them. But if it's something that's going to, you know, maybe keep happening repeatedly or maybe is happening, you know, to other people as well, after I've forgiven them, I may be able to go to them and say, um, I'm noticing that there's there's something in your life here. I'm not sure if you're aware, but you're breaking this commandment and you're sinning against the Lord. And um, and I personally have a policy that I only confront sin. I do not confront things that irritate me. So if someone does stuff that irritates me, I just learned to live with it. 
or say, oh, do you mind not doing that? It really irritates me. <laughs> but if <laughs> I, I do address them, and, and I, of course, I've done that a lot. People have done that a lot in my life, and I'm very grateful. The people that have helped me change and overcome my sin are the people that were on my side and on my team and came in and said, you are a great person, you love the Lord, I trust you, I love you. There's an area in your life where Satan has a hold here, and I want to see you be free from it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they were helping me, not like pointing the finger. And those are the people who've really helped me to walk in more freedom. So that's the kind of person I want to be with other people. A lot of times when someone is doing something um, to someone they love, there is a blind spot, and that can be tricky in dealing with. Right, and and that's that's that was the clarification because I could see that question coming up. So, um, hopefully that answered it. I mean, you know, this is uh, you know an hour session of something that you know taken like I shared with all of you. You know, took me seven years to get to get um, to where I could think of this person and not you know um, have anger and resentment and and so. That's where we need to be free because being free of that, um, you know, and I had good counsel about how to react to it, so I wasn't embittered because we we know people that, ha- you know, walk around with a scowl on their face and everything seems to go wrong in their life. And you just wonder, you know, gosh, it's, it's so horrible and all these things are happening um, to them in their lives, but... Um, you know, sometimes it's self-perpetuating, and of course, sometimes it's just not. And that's why, you know, Meredith, it's so important, um, and I know you hold to this, to to have like-minded people around you, and to to just be, um, you know, just just guard your your time and your family, and um, you know, just have people that are going to be uplifting um, as much as possible, because. You know, there's times when I, um, you know, you can't help it, and you know, we're we're out in that world, and so, um, you know, we just have to guard our hearts at times, and other times, just listen to the prompting of the Lord, and if you can, you know, share with that person, um, you know, you, you can try, um, because in my situation, I, you know, this person had wronged me, and I started out with, you know, I'm sorry for anything I might have done that has, you know, offended you and, you know, three more things came up. <laughs> so it was like, oh, that went over real well. So I just had to <laughs> just listen and just say, you know, um, you know, I'm really sorry, but, um, you know, we're just going to, well, we did part ways. But, you know, that God can heal things and that he's been able to use me in that situation to help others and other friendships, you know, because I shared this story with my pastor and then he started sending me people um, that were in situations where I could just help them. And I, and I think the best advice, you know, Merit has given is that, you know, you're putting aside, um, you know, pain and feelings because forgiveness is a choice, it's not a feeling. And we always, you know, people will say that about, you know, God as well. Well, I don't feel anything. Well, how do I know he's there? And, you know, I I think sometimes we get so caught up in, you know, the feelings that we're missing everything else that goes along with it. 
Right. I agree. And I think also that sometimes we have expectations, and when people don't meet our expectations, we're hurt, but they mm-hmm. haven't actually sinned against us. And at that point, you know, we don't necessarily have to forgive them. We just have to realize they didn't need to do what we expected. God didn't require that of them. And we have to release people from what God does not require of them. Um, And not, you know. You want to explain that a little bit more? People are confused about that. Okay. Um, God, we forgive people when they sin against us. But many times we're hurt because we have expectations of people that aren't necessarily biblical. They're just what we want. Like, you know, we might want a friend who will call us every day at four. And then if, you know, they can't do that anymore, maybe they do it for six months and then they can't do that anymore, you know, we feel like we have to forgive them. But what we really have to do is we have to realize that we don't have the right to expect them to call us every day at four. And Mm -hmm. we need to release them from something that God doesn't command them to do. Now, if they told us every day for the rest of my life I'm going to call you at four, then for them not to do it, their yes wouldn't be a yes and their no wouldn't be a no, so then they would have sinned against us and then they would owe us something and then we could cancel their debt, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yep, excellent. All right. Well, I don't see any other questions here, so thanks for all of you who did post them, and I hope that you have enjoyed the session and to remember to visit Meredith at meredithcurtis.com, and I think you'll find all of her websites. Um, There's links there as well. Um, And then there's joyfulandsuccessfulhomeschooling.com and finishwellcon.com. Meredith, thank you so much um, for your friendship, for coming this evening and sharing with everyone. And, um, you know, as always, you are such a a sweet friend of mine. You are my role model. (laughs) And I just enjoy, you know, your family and being around you. And, um, you know, you've shared your friends and friendships with me through the years. And I've really appreciated that. So, Thanks, my friend, for for joining us tonight and and for sharing your heart. Thank you so much for having me, Felice. You are awesome. God bless everyone. Okay. Bye-bye. I'm so happy you came to Mommy Jammy's Night. Please drop my guests a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time And follow up with me on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page or via email. God's blessings upon you and your family. Thanks for joining us.